0: Check Radio. This is coach Joe Mike Paul and Dr. Nick Belden. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. I wanted to share with you just a piece about the content you're about to hear.
1: Joe and I discussed the word holistic and we talk about what does that word really even mean? Then we talk about Joe's mini cut and how he's losing all of his muscle. Just kidding. He's still shredded. And then we talk about vegetable oils and how they're sometimes hidden in nut butters. You know, you got to hate when you read the back of the label and see canola oil in your favorite food. Then we talk about getting lost in grocery stores and why certain people should never be allowed to go in them by themselves. We talk about our experiences in fast casual versus casual restaurants, when more fiber may not be better for you. And finally, if you want to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, Joe and I discuss strategies you can employ to help eliminate decision fatigue with your nutrition, and you can skip ahead to about the 20-minute mark if you want to go to that. Just a quick reminder to everybody that the contents of this podcast are for educational purposes only and are not intended to diagnose or treat any condition. And please speak with your physician
0: before applying any of this information you hear in this podcast. So I came ready to rock today. I was walking in. I was like, first off, I pulled up into the parking lot and I don't know what your neighbors are here at Hive, but there was like... Some souped up cars back there. Did you see that?
1: Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's two doors down from us and that's it's, it's supposed Hyde to be, fleet. yeah, it's supposed to be <laughs> contracting work. Yeah. But yeah, they, the vehicles are, I'll call them flashy.
0: Yeah. 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 So for reference here, we're talking about like, looked like maybe either Escalade and or Suburban and then a Range Rover and they're all like, sometimes there's, a, I think a Camaro out there too. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, but it was dope. And I was like, oh, Nick loosen up the jetta huh <laughs> yeah when they drive in they're like look at that 20 2007 volkswagen jet yeah <laughs> that
1: souped up machine man yeah yeah uh
0: but i came in ready and i was laughing because even when we uh like just a second ago we we're talking about like holistic taking on like a different meaning mm-hmm. and how that personally i feel like it hasn't been uh, like dragged through the dirt too too much you know watch it happen now. Yeah. <laughs> um but I was just like how it had that super granola vibe for a while. But it was funny cuz I rolled up, I have my lacroix my lacroix open, my fanny pack on, my You're barefoot vibe. shoes yeah. and I'm just like ready to do He's my podcast granola too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like this is a holistic And then I offer him a cold brew and there we go. oh <laughs> yeah. Just completed the picture. Yeah properly caffeinated which is huge yeah um so and we didn't have to wait for me to eat lunch today which now i'll update you is i'm going through i'm experimenting with a mini cut oh i'm sorry yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. i know i know but i think that it's 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 gonna be a really interesting thing to hear your side on these too but uh the mini cut it's been challenging because I didn't like I didn't prepare probably the best way just in terms of groceries. Mm. For example, my lunch has pork shoulder, uh. which, as far as a protein source, is going to be a lot more calorie dense than you know, pork like wine. chicken breast. Yeah, something, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. right. Um, but it's going to be really good because I've been craving a pretzel bun pork, like pulled pork sandwich, uh. and I finally have the one. <laughs> Do you ever have that? Just like, got to have this, like... Yeah, and yeah.
1: Yeah, it's typically something with avocado or almond butter. Yeah. Yeah, and then I just eat a lot of it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Your almond butter. I know. What was
0: it? Did oh, look- yes. Yeah,
1: no, I bought cashew butter. Because I actually have been experimenting. Cashew butter, to me, is slightly sweeter than almond butter, so it's good sometimes. Sure. And I found it was... looked like it was... What's the word I'm looking for? It was ground sooner than most, you know, big box cashew makers. And... It looked, and there was a separation of oil and cashew on the bottom. So, you know, it was less processed. So I'm like, great. So I picked it up and so eaten that's it. So that's a plus for you. It's a plus. Okay, Yeah, cool. I just because, you know, it's just a little bit less. That was done with it before it gets to the store. And I'm a week into eating this. And I've eaten like half of it. And then I'm like, I wonder what if there's just cashew butter in this. And I look on the bottom and it says organic cashew butter, comma, organic canola oil. And I was just like, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. Yeah. yeah. That's like the third time, not to this specific cashew butter, the third time I've enjoyed a nut butter, and then there's
0: some strange vegetable oil added to it. I'm like, I, come on, man. I was laughing. I was literally laughing out loud to myself watching your story, because I've done that before, <laughs> before too. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like, it's so frustrating, because yeah. you're like, so if you're looking at a label, technically, too, it shouldn't even say cashew butter, which is interesting that it did. It should just say cashews, and then... They'll say like processed in like a facility with other blah 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 blah. Oh, interesting. But okay. usually, if you get, I'll say this: if you get like a raw nut butter, it's it's gonna just say peanuts or cashews or almonds. Mm. It doesn't even say other stuff. I think Costco's is just like that.
1: Yeah, honestly, to me, Costco has the best almond butter.
0: Okay. Yeah. Almond butter, or there's Nutso, which they also have. Oh, that's one that. that's like chia flax seven different and, nut. Yeah. yeah, I haven't yet. I see it seven though. different flavors, seven times the price. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the first thing I see yeah. when I go yeah. Costco. Yeah? That's yeah. the so and half the quantity. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I. By the way, you're a finance guy, so maybe you'll you'll probably like this at the very least. But I, whenever I look. It's so hard to shop with me, I already recognize, because I just like to read all the labels. I got a story like, do for it when you're done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And but I look at price by weight. So what yep. most people will do is, if you're at the store and you're looking at, okay, here's this nutzo, seven varieties of nuts and seeds, nut butter, and then you have the raw almond butter three pack. Right. right? So one's a single pack and the other one's a three pack, because you're at right. Costco, right? Yeah. Or two, whatever. So let's say the Nutso is is $15, but the almond butter is $18. Right. So now you're thinking, oh well the nutso is cheaper. Sure, you're gonna spend less money in that grocery shopping instant, but if you look at the price if you look at the the price tag on it, it's gonna say something by weight. Right. So as an example it might say like 46 cents per ounce. Yeah,
1: but it's always in smaller print. I don't yes. know if you ever noticed that. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's why it takes me so yeah, long. I yeah. can't
0: freaking see that now. I gotta, yeah, I gotta put on my get readers. all up yeah, in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I look at that and so then what you'll see is like, oh, so the, the nutso one is maybe 78 cents per ounce. Yeah. And then the other one is 40 cents per ounce. So you're like, okay, so technically the other one is cheaper right. for how long it's gonna last. Me. Right,
1: per serving, per quantity.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah the The worst part though is like I'll be shop- so I'll be shopping for like protein, so I do it most with protein, uh, animal protein sources, right? And usually what I run into is like it's per pound, ninety nine percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Go to the go to the shrimp, and they don't always get to a pound, or the ahi tuna, oh, and so yes. then it's per ounce. And right. I'm like. What the hell yeah. is the calculation? The all, conversion? Stop it. Yeah. I gotta do the times sixteen, carry the one. You know, like there's a metric system in the, there too. Yeah, you know. and you're like, what the hell? Um, so that's just like a funny thing, but I do that, and, and I do think that it is friendlier and like budget friendlier in the long run. But anyway, I just side note on on my my shopping price tagging so if you, wanna, you said you had if you yeah. want
1: to see a video of grocery shopping with Joe hit that like button yeah yeah, hit that subscribe, yeah.
0: yeah once we get 10,000 likes I'll definitely do it <laughs> let's let, let's get any likes on it and uh, I would look forward to doing hey let's get one you. yeah yeah, yeah. We, yeah no oh so Friday night we went out to dinner
1: and typically when I go out to dinner I always end up eating less just because a the portions at restaurants relative to how, you want to talk about price relative to portion oh yeah restaurants are off i mean they have to make money so i, I understand yeah. it not that's no fault of them just i like to be a glutton and it's hard to be a glutton at a restaurant without spending fifty dollars on a meal so i just had like steak a few potatoes and some vegetables so it's still incredibly hungry after i finish and so there was a Safeway right next door and so i'm like <laughs> well, i love this we, we pull in or we park we get back to the car. I'm like, Kaylee, I want to walk in a Safeway to get some to get some snacks. And I'm hoping she's going to come with me because she keeps me on track in the grocery store. <laughs> she's like, all right, I'll wait right here. And I said, so you're not going to come in with me? She goes, nope. And I, in my head, I'm like, crap. Yeah. And then I walk in, and I'm walking up and down the aisles for like 15 or 20 minutes. I literally just wanted to call it like a banana or even like a paleo cookie or something. I don't know why I wanted a paleo one. That's just what I was looking for. I and I walk cravings. out. <laughs> I do have cravings with two RX bars, one banana and a bag of fermented beets and carrots.
0: <laughs> yeah. I That's was in my there favorite for 20 part. minutes. That's my favorite part.
1: And the best part is I get back to the car and she goes, you know, as soon as I knew that you were going in there by yourself, I was mad at myself for not going with you, and I was like, "Thank you. That's why I wanted you in there with me. You can't leave me in a grocery store by myself." Yeah, yeah. Yep, reading every uh, label, every ingredient thing.
0: Oh, uh, it's so funny. The beets and carrots too. Like that is a hundred percent. That was honorable. good though. Wow. Wow. That was a good choice. It's so that good. was impulse, but was, yeah, I'm proud of that. So okay, I have like hopefully kind of like two quicker stories. One story is really easy, but it's just so funny because I'm this. I'm very very similar, especially with like going out. Oh, this is what I was going to mention, too, is, like, going out to eat down here in Arizona. So we're both, like, relatively new. Right. Um, But I I think it's interesting because, like, in Milwaukee, where I'm from, going out to eat there, most of the time, I feel very, very, like, justified paying the price of, like, going out because the service is so excellent Mm. for the places that we go to. Okay. And what I've noticed down here is closer to, like, you know, some like the uptown, uh, like downtown, midtown, all those areas in like closer to like the urban Phoenix it's a little bit better. But what's so common down here is fast casual, and it drives me mm. nuts because I'm like, this is like a higher price point to pay with less service. So you're literally just paying for convenience, mm. where it's like, yeah, like I'm out to eat for convenience, but I also like want good service yeah like i want a server that can give me recommendations or Uh, you know tell me what their favorite thing off the menu is because i can't tell you how many times i ordered a rosemary infused ipa at a restaurant and had this guy like i really liked that the guy was like hey man it's like it's a lot of rosemary and i was like uh, i'll try a sample yeah like it's cool you want the hint yeah yeah yeah. also it was like with pizza it was perfect yeah you know so anyway bringing it back to just like it just doesn't always feel justified here because there's just not a lot of, like, it's not very, like, service-centered food. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I think a little bit, yeah. So, like, I would rather pay, like, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want to pay 50 bucks a plate, but let's just say 30, right? Like, yeah. 30 bucks a plate, including whatever we're getting. And it's like, okay, but this is, like, a server who's going to come and educate me on, like, the food, maybe their mission, like, maybe some oh, of the sourcing, here are the specials, okay. what yep. are you doing this weekend, yep. just, like... Uh, an experience. Mm. See, I think yeah. that that's actually
1: good you highlight that. that Maybe if you're out there that you also enjoy eating out for the experience. And then I think maybe there's some people like me who it's more of you enjoy the experience less and more so of it's about the people you're with. Yeah. So for example, I actually prefer I fast yeah. casual. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah. then I can get meat by the pound Yeah. that's actually cheaper than getting like the full $30 meal I can get a pound and a half of meat for $21 and get more food versus like all the extra sides and stuff like that. And And that's just
0: my preference. But totally. But there, and there are, there's advantages and disadvantages. The other thing though is like, I'll get the pound and a half of meat and then they'll be like, they'll screw that up. And I'm like, Hmm. and then you're like, okay, I've got to like go back to the counter and then like talk to the, it's just like, for me, I would just like rather have the person to like guide it, but I'm also a little bit biased because I worked in restaurants for like uh, seven years. Okay. You know? I yeah. managed restaurants, and so yeah. it's like I'm I'm impartial towards that. But yeah, I see. Okay, but it's like it it does like I'm just not a huge fan of like the fast casual scene down here. Uh, yeah, me. it is okay. like it is like the biggest excuse for just getting horrible service. <laughs>
1: It was literally the worst service, uh, food service I've
0: ever had. Sorry, Phoenix. You just don't do it for me. Yeah, I it love your there, food. It's a fast, casual place. Yeah, If you have a sit-down place now, reach out. We'll come visit, and we'll be the judge. I mean... Uh, uh, we'll be the judge. Um, so that was funny uh, that I just wanted to bring up. I can't remember what... Uh, something else you were... Oh, so a wedding that I went to once, and I was, again... I don't know why, but I was like kind of in, in a cut for this wedding. Yeah. Got... In really really good shape looked really great and um, felt I-, I was still hungry but the way that I was handling this wedding was like okay it's more family style so I brought I always say don't go to events hungry right like we it was just Easter weekend I had tons of clients being like oh like this I'm gonna be tempted by this like blah blah. blah and I was like don't go hungry right because your eyes are gonna be bigger than your stomach you're gonna want all the foods mm-hmm. so this wedding example I went to the store beforehand, and Allie did the same thing. She trusted me to go in. Oh, no. I didn't take too long. It was okay. But I came out, and all I came out with, pound of shaved turkey breast. (laughs) Just pound of shaved turkey breast. And I was like, this will help. I was like, high protein, satiating. It tastes really, really good. I got, like, the, like, fresh slice. That actually sounds amazing. yeah. Yeah. And then, so I had, like, half of it, went in, did the... Um, you know, had the this whole charade, yeah. yeah and then, like, I was like, oh, I'm a little hungry. Went back out to the car later and pounded out their half pound, and it's good to go. I'm sure a lot of
1: maybe of you ladies out there, maybe pictured your man would do that in Lowe's or Home Depot, but no, for us, it's it's Safeway and Whole Foods where you can't <laughs> yeah. let us in for more than like five minutes. Yeah.
0: Um, so that that definitely is. It's a really good, honestly, it's a good, it's a good tactic, save a little bit of money, improve your experience. And like, you might be listening to this right now and thinking that just seems like extra or that doesn't seem like, I get this question a lot and maybe, maybe you get this problem, you know, presented to you a lot too, is where it's like, this doesn't feel like normal Hmm. and it's, the thing is, is, like, what's normal right now mm. isn't necessarily good because obesity is normal. Yeah. Right? Or and common
1: versus normal.
0: Right. Yeah. Like what's, it's, like, yeah. more prevalent, right? Yeah. And I'm talking about this purely on a health spectrum right. of, like, preventing disease, mm. right? This has nothing to do with – this statement has nothing to do with any, like, body image or, um, you know – fat phobia or anything like that is purely from a health standpoint of, you know, limiting chronic disease or Mm. preventing chronic disease. Right. Mm. What do you think about that? Where we have these, like, I don't know, have you gotten that feedback before from someone being like, this seems like extra or it seems like abnormal to do this in order to be healthy? Yeah, I think yes is the, the short answer to that question.
1: That's a, that's a good thought.
0: So I'll give you another example, and I'll let you just kind of stew on it. But I regularly have new clients that will start. I'll start working with, and they say, I feel like I'm eating too much. I should probably stop because, like, my goal is to lose weight. So, mm. you know, I shouldn't, like, mm. overeat right now, okay. right? I'm like, all right, first off, it's really good you're paying attention to it. That's amazing. You're queuing into it really what we want, what I want you to do is plan a little bit better because there's probably some meals where even when you're done you probably have a little bit more room but the end goal of all this is to, you know, realistically I'm trying to kick your metabolism up as high as possible mm-hmm. and then have you diet on as high of calories as possible. So if you're losing weight at maintenance because you're you were metabolically adapted but yeah. now you're in, able to increase your output by eating more, you know, in, increasing your input... These are all good things. So that being said, they're like, well, it doesn't, you know, I don't want to like stuff myself. And I was like, just remember, you got into this because what you were doing wasn't working. Like listening to your appetite was actually what was 100% failing you. Mm. Because you were like, oh, I I feel like eating this food. And then that turns into overconsumption or overdrinking. Mm. Okay. So that being said, doing something that you know we consider maybe normal like getting this extra food around an event or mm. going to the grocery store to kind of like round out your your health for the day yeah i see they're like well this just doesn't feel like normal yeah okay
1: i got okay yep
0: so do you have any experience with that have you have you gotten that like maybe pushback or just yes. kind of
1: questions on it yeah so it, it's a it's for me it happens around fiber okay In general, most people don't consume enough fiber, and that's just, I think it's because they don't consume enough whole foods, but for the people I work with, they have so much underlying autoimmunity, immune reactivity, and digestive issues that sometimes we have to temporarily reduce how much fiber or, heaven forbid, even vegetable consumption sometimes just to let their gut reset and rebalance. I hate using those words, but... It would be a whole nother podcast for me to fully dive into what that means and allow their gut to become healthy enough to then reintroduce fibers. So when they're eating more rice and meat and eggs and maybe some avocado and maybe some berries, but minimal vegetables. And we've been taught, oh, you have to eat the rainbow. Not all the time. Right. If you have GI issues, a lot of times eating the rainbow makes you feel worse. So for some of the people I work with, they feel weird only having meat for dinner. And again, not in perpetuity, just in the, the phase where we're trying to work on the yeah. underlying health of their gut, but they're just going, this, you know, they, they had a salad for their entree and then they had the olives for an appetizer. And it's like, okay, you, you can get there. So I think probably for me, it's around fiber and vegetable consumption. Sure. And so grains,
0: yeah, that one. So it's just kind of like rewriting that maybe story that they're telling themselves around yeah. like, fiber yeah, or Yeah, because, you
1: know, we've been brought up to think that fiber. More fiber equals more healthy gut. Right. When that is very far from the so, truth. And so, really, it's
0: just about like shattering sort of molds that, that you know, we create. Or getting rid of mold. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah. We'll get the sound effects in on there one day. So, it's not just me. But, um, so this is actually what I wanted to talk to you about today because, and, and kind of like round out as like flesh out as like a topic. Uh, Not just the fiber and that sort of thing, but really how to design your diet around something that's going to work better for you. So eliminating decisions, which might include, Mm. right? Because we talk often about decision fatigue. And so that's why it's kind of like, okay, this client came to me and said, I should probably not eat the amount of calories that you've assigned me to eat because I'm not hungry, right? And I was like well, here's the thing, and this is probably kind of when you're talking with your patients, too, where you're like, yeah, eating fiber is really, really great, um, you know, but there's also things that we have to consider, like caloric density to make sure you're getting enough food, yeah, and that might not be, you know, proportionally as much fiber, or, you know, all these things, yeah. but just like, you know, getting people to really rewire because you know this there's just this stupid attraction I, I like that we were talking about holistic before too because it's like there's this like unrealistic expectation of intuitive eating mm. uh, it's just rampant yeah right in fitness and obviously specifically nutrition but uh how how do we how do we eliminate or decrease that decision fatigue yeah right to understand that you know what this is what i'm doing here here's the purpose that sort of thing um, it's okay to eat a dinner that's just meat. Yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you think? What do you think people need to know in order to understand, Hey, this is right for me. This actually isn't weird mm. or help them complete the thought, you know, like where, how do you, how do you get people there?
1: Yeah. That's, that's a great thought. And I think it, it starts with where even you just alluded to where what's the purpose of going into it. Mm-hmm. Cause if you, if people don't have a reason, if they don't have a why, purpose, throw in whatever buzzword you want behind any dietary change, they're probably not going to stick to it because they don't fully understand the reason they're doing it. Yeah. So I think if you're working with somebody, if you can first get them to understand the purpose behind doing it. So if you're attempting to have them eat higher protein, you want them to leave that encounter knowing the purpose is to help with muscle retention, to help with creating the furnace that is... A, faster metabolism to handle everyday life. So I think it starts there with them understanding the purpose of the the dietary change or the habit. So for me, if it's the people that are fibrous or fiber intolerant, for lack of a better term, just telling them, hey, there's some stuff going on within your gut bugs that needs to kind of play itself out. Yeah. So as that's going on behind the scenes, we take the fiber down. But then once your gut builds an environment that's, more conducive to being healthy, so there's more good bugs and less bad guys. Yeah. Then we can reintroduce those fibers. Sure. So then they're like, oh, "Okay, like get rid of the bad, bring back in the good, and that can bring back in the good fiber." Okay. Like people intuitively understand that. Yeah. So I think we can get to them with
0: the purpose, and I don't know if that specifically answers. Yeah, I think we're going I, for. I think so. I mean, the the main thing too that I'm looking at here is like how. So like, okay, let's go back to let's go back to. The thing I was mentioning before, like the mini cut, right? Mm. So I'm doing this mini cut for the next couple. How of many days. calories are you? So, it's uh, for a little bit of context. When you do a mini cut, it's typically gonna last. Typically gonna last between four to six weeks. You're gonna cut a higher amount of calories in a faster. It's a more aggressive cut. Mm. Um, I am going to implement weekly. I'll call it refeeds, but it's, it's really just ask. calorie okay. cycling. Yeah, it's not like uh, it's more just for like the the psychological relief Mm. than like this specific hormonal response. So calories, like not specifically carb. Correct. Okay. So I'm doing this strictly through a protein and calories Mm. window. So again, so four to six weeks, it's going to be more aggressive. This is definitely a more advanced dieting technique that I would suggest for someone who is already eating at maintenance calories and probably has been for the last year to two years. Mm -hmm. So really like if you're listening to this and you've never worked with a coach, Don't do a mini cut. I'm just going to just don't do it. Work with a coach first. See if it's, if there's a better option or anything like that. This is more, this is more specifically for me to do some healing within the, how I, how I think about food, like my own food relationship, Mm. dealing with some like calorie restriction and just kind of like recalibrating what does my body need? Mm. So spending, it's not like I'm not doing this crazy, like intermittent fasting window, but I am fasting a bit more and really trying to focus on like, what does this do for me? Mm. Or even what doesn't this do for me? Yeah. Another reason why this works out well for me right now is because I've definitely slowed down my activity because I'm working on healing my Achilles. Now, normally I would have hired a coach to walk me through this type of mini cut, like really, really specifically. But- I'm working with the coach on the Achilles. So I'm kind of like got to divide and conquer a little bit. Right. So calories, I'm doing... So last week I did 2,500 calories Monday through Friday, 3,000 calories Saturday, Sunday. Then this week I'm doing 2,400 calories Monday through Friday, and then I'll do 2,900 calories on the weekend. And I'm just going to do a little bit of that stair-step pattern with the goal of losing one pound per week Mm. on average Mm. so far so good yeah um i just was just having like a i was just like eating like crazy yeah you know just eating like an asshole yeah so i was like all right clean it up let's let's tone it down yeah yeah it's not about this like aggressive cut because i hate my body or something like that it's like no dude i just want to feel empowered with decisions so anyway decision fatigue
1: well you know what's funny i want to double click on that a little bit because i think You and I may work with people from a different nutritional application standpoint, and even ourselves personally, but I do something that mimics that same thing without it being the same thing. Sure. So once every week, I'll have just one meal. Yeah. Or I'll have, I'll skip a meal. And then once every, probably two or three weeks, maybe once a month, I'll just do a 24-hour fast. Okay. And inevitably, that'll also just be one meal. And maybe I'll do, I call it like a gut-friendly shake in the morning. Yeah. And I probably achieve some of the similar benefits that you do. Yeah. So I don't deliberately do dedicated time to mini cuts or things like that. I'll, yeah. But because if I'm only eating one meal and I, I try not to eat like an a-hole in that yeah. one meal, sometimes I do. Yeah. But I gotta think I'm creating enough of a calorie deficit on that one meal to maybe mimic a 300 calorie deficit throughout the week sometimes. Sure, sure. So inevitably, you know, people do poo-poo intermittent fasting as oh, it's not more effective for weight loss it is if it works for you. So if you're out there listening and you're thinking, "Ah, oh, like a mini cut for 4 to 6 weeks sounds really daunting." If you're someone that for whatever reason when you don't eat, it's actually easier yeah. to, for your brain to do that, then do one meal a week. Yeah. And you can nearly achieve the same. Now you have to be careful doing well, that on, that you don't one develop meal a week. What, is that what I said? Yeah. Oh, no, I had to have a day a week where you only have one meal. There you go. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I thought yeah, I was gonna... <laughs> one meal okay. a week, my yeah. god. But you have to be careful doing that, that you have to be aware enough to know that you don't have poor relationships with food and tendencies to binge. Yeah. And if you're good with that, then I think, I mean, if if the math adds up to be the same,
0: then you can do it. Yeah. I don't know if you... So that's really why I wanted to bring decision fatigue into it, because it takes me to, like, I've just been, like, all of my conversations in my life have been around that. Yeah. Telling you how my mom was visiting last week, right? And she was traveling with a group. Traveling with a group is, like, for me, it's a nightmare. Like, I'm speaking completely on my behalf. I've, I have traveled with a group successfully, but it, it's funny because you asked, you're like, so what's, you know, like, is there someone that, like, usually plans? I'm like, yeah, me. Every second. Every possible second I can, like, budget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just so funny because it's, like, is not this move to be, like, have the power or whatever or or to be the alpha or anything like that. It does sort of, like, Uh, flex towards that that mindset or whatever but i just people thrive with less decisions yep so again the podcast i was listening Mm. to on the way over Mm -hmm. we're going ali and so my mom visited this last week ali and i are going back to wisconsin next month to visit family and it's always hard because there's like one of my best friend's birthdays. Um, my cousin's oh, wedding, yes. my uh, brother-in-law is graduating college and then it's her 30th birthday. So yeah. it's like all these things. And then I'm like, all right, what's like, so for her, because I want to make it special for her, I'm like, what's in state? What are like, what are the things that fall under a successful visit? Yeah. So I can try to like architect around that. Yeah. The purpose of the visit. Right. Yeah, and, and you know, and so like, When we talk about that in in just normal lives, it's like, all right, what's end state goals? Mm. What's maybe more realistic than, you know, like the perfect picture? Like if we can get the perfect picture, awesome. If not, what else can we do to sort of get there? Or what are the priorities? So, um, you know, just kind of using that. That structure can be really, really helpful so that we can manage expectations.
1: And I'm glad you said that because whenever Haley and I go back to Virginia, yeah. we struggle with that same thing. So hard. All these friends to see, all yeah. these... I have four different sets of family or four different family lineages that live around there. Yeah. And some of them don't talk with each other as much. So it's, oh. how, do we, how do we fit them in, but then also our friends, but then, oh, no wait, we also want to go visit this city, just the two of us. And you're like,
0: do we... Yeah, yeah. It's...
1: You're Man. like, okay, what's... What's for us. And you probably still want to work out, and so do I. So yeah. It's like I and Allie's there.
0: like, so I laugh because my mom was visiting in uh, this last week in Arizona. And then when we go back to Wisconsin, uh, Allie and I will stay with her. And I'm always kind of like, okay, where am I going to get my workouts kind yes. of thing? And it's like, it is not like the number one priority because I can get by on minimal. But I'm also like, why not? Yeah. There's going to be so many dead hours of this trip yes. that it's just like, Who am I harming by waking up an hour earlier earlier. and showing up just like okay, you guys wake up, do your coffee thing, and I'll be right behind you. Yeah. You know, I'll make a five minute meal and be done eating in 15 minutes. Yeah. So it's I I will say I'll route it back to like the decision sort of matrix. Every time that I that I travel or my clients travel, I always say managing expectations is most important. Mm. Visualize what success looks for like mm-hmm. for you, and decide who you want to be before you have to decide what you want to do. Mm. And I think that that really helps. I like that. Say it. that again. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Double the whole on thing that. or the last one. The whole thing. Yeah. All right. So manage Ref- expectation is yep. most important. Manage expectations. Visualize success. Visualize what that looks for you. Yep. And then the third thing is to decide who you want to be before you decide what you want to do. Mm. And that just really helps people get in the mindset. It's like, this is a question or a a thought I've been posing to people. I wonder how you feel about this, Nick is, uh, okay. Using the Easter example, right? I have a bunch of people just come off of Easter. We got the, you have, uh, either the food at the party or maybe you did an Easter egg hunt with your nieces and nephews or whatever. You're just a big kid and you want to do Easter egg hunt, whatever. Um, or your kids. So, you can you can eat the candy. That's you can do that. Yeah. You're an adult, right? It's your decision. Yep. Shit, you can go to the store and buy the discounted candy. It's all you. You can do that. You also have the choice to not eat the candy. And most people get so fixed on it's there, mm. I'm around it, whatever, and they just need to know sometimes. Yeah. And I I say this for myself. It's like a mantra. Mm. We're like I don't have to eat this holy shit yeah i I got shivers just saying it yeah you have experience yes doing that yes oh my gosh
1: yeah yeah i think it's i can't versus i don't want it if you even want to go a layer further sure so most people they see the candy at the party and they tell themselves they can't yeah now when you're telling yourself you can't i want you to think back to when you were 10 or when you were a teenager that's probably a better time period and your parents told you you can't do something Mm. what's the first thing you want to do i want to do the exact (laughs) opposite of what they told you you can't Mm. Yeah. versus if you arrive at something that you don't want to do, it's so much easier to not engage in that activity. Because when you say, I can't, your brain is almost cultivating this background environment for rebellion. Yeah. But when you say, I don't want it, then you're telling your brain, no, I don't want it. So I don't even need to think about that. I don't even need to reminisce on that later. Yeah. So if you simply just switch, I can't have the candy to I don't want it, yeah, then that puts the power back on you. And then if you want it, You can tell yourself, hey, I want it, so I'm going to have it because I want it.
0: Okay, I love this. I love this. So how about, like, because, and I think we share this sort of same belief, is, like, instead of thinking of decision fatigue, how can we create decision energy or decision empowerment? Yes. Because just like you said, Nick, Yeah. (laughs) just like you said, it's like you... When the negative is present, you focus on the negative, Mm -hmm. right? It's just like saying, I don't want to overeat this weekend. Okay. What do you want? Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to do some of that like positive switch. So let's talk about decision energy or decision empowerment. What do you like better? I like decision bandwidth. Bandwidth. Got it. Cool. So decision bandwidth and that. So what I would say for you, like using that situation you said is just like, I'm choosing. Yes. And that is really the empowerment where it's like, instead of saying, I don't want, it's like, I'm choosing not to have the candy. And then you might, and then you might say other things too, where I've heard clients say this and they'll be like, yeah, I just like, I, I have so many calories that I know my body will benefit from. And if I allocate them toward that thing, it just won't, it's the cost benefit just really doesn't line up that piece of candy or that couple, that handful of candy, it just doesn't. Mm. It's not as satisfying as it seems. Right. And so I'll have this mm. plate full of ham, and it's going to be delicious. Yeah. And, I
1: like yeah. that you said it's not as satisfying as it seems.
0: Because, because yeah. people will say, they'll be like, oh, it's not worth my calories. And that can definitely sound like a negative thing, like hyper-focused on just calories and macros. Yeah. But it's like, no, like, I'm realizing... That within my bandwidth, yeah, I choose to have these types of calories versus these because I know how they're going to make me feel. Yeah. Mm. So I really like taking that approach and, you know, it sounds dumb. I put it on my story this morning is like how we need to think about how we're thinking. Have you heard about that book at all? I'm in, I'm familiar
1: with metacognition,
0: which is thinking about your thinking. Is that sure. similar? Yeah, yeah. So what? I mean, I think that this really helps with decision fatigue. It's usually getting yourself or someone you're working with too to just sit down and spend time with it.
1: Oh, okay. I see where you're going now. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: So what do you think? Because what what do you think people go to most when we say think about what you're thinking? Like, how are they? They're gonna be like. Or I got to meditate. I yeah, got to get I gotta their do own this, head, yeah, right? and think about
1: all the thoughts they have in a day. And a yeah. lot of them not so good thoughts, unfortunately for a lot of us.
0: Right. Yeah. So, what so metacognition, what is that? I mean, like, so if you're having a a conversation with
1: somebody, so the conversation we're having right now, yeah. It's kind of the idea that you're trying to think about what you're thinking while you're talking. Now, for some mm. people, and I might have just butchered that, If anyone out there is like a linguist or anything, but some of us, when we're engaged in conversation, we are already focused on what we're going to say next Mm. in order. So we don't look dumb and we don't pause. There's, there's something funny about silence that people don't like, but there's a lot of virtue in that. But anyway, so we we spend all this time trying to cultivate what we're going to say next so we don't look dumb. But then we totally aren't fully engaged in the conversation. And in the line of work we do as nutritionist and physician, sometimes you sort of have to do that because you have to, they say, oh, I'm, I'm feeling tired in the morning. And so while they say that, you're automatically, your subconscious is starting to think about, okay, what are they doing in the morning? Not eating enough protein, not getting sun exposure, or they have adrenal insufficiency. But you also need to be engaged in that conversation at the that. same time. So can I answer your question? yeah I, so it's, I, it's, it's it's this art because you want to be present but then also think about the things they're saying so you know the more you can think intuitively about what they're saying the better questions you can subsequently ask
0: okay that so, got real far yeah, yeah. But, but people need to hear this yeah and um, I have stories for that if, if we get time for it it's just not super important right now I like how you took it into external dialogue, meaning two people versus internal dialogue, which would be with yourself. Right. Right. You know, easiest way for people to visualize that is devil versus angel on the shoulder. Mm. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that. Also, like sometimes that can lead into, you know, some of these unhealthy sort of dichotomies that lead people into making decisions based off of morality that really just aren't there it's Mm. the same thing we say about food all the time it's neither good nor bad nor bad it's consequential yeah so that being said i like how you took it into external dialogue i think it's so funny that the what you brought up about silence because you'll notice this now you're going to listen to this podcast and the next room that you sit in you're going to talk like let's just say there's a group of people or whatever or even a zoom call a group of people someone has to fill the silence mm. not every like if you're if you're in a like a hyper like brain active room there's gonna be silent parts yep and that's a good thing there's so much that happens in that silence but it's funny because the people who fill up that silence you can just sense their insecurity about it mm-hmm. and for me this kind of goes along the lines of I struggled with the organization of judgment versus observation where I would observe these things. And then kind of like you were saying, uh, need more sun exposure, more protein, better, uh, you know, what's the word I'm trying to think of circadian rhythm Mm. habits, that sort of thing. And, uh, those are observations that turn, that can quickly turn into judgments if you don't accept what else that they're saying. Mm. Mm. Right. So it's kind of a, a really interesting thing that, you can, let's, let's apply that to self, right? Internal dialogue. Would you say that most people are more judgmental of themselves or observational of themselves? Easily judgmental. So that's, that difference is voicing your, like your observations in a critical morality based mindset instead of a essentially third-party observation that says, oh, I'm going to think about what I'm thinking and yeah. why this is happening. Yeah. And if
1: you are someone who is saying, wow, it sounds like they're talking about me. Am I doing something wrong? Judging yourself is a survival mechanism mm-hmm. because in our biology isn't quite fully adept at this 21st century we have, or we can open our phone and be on TikTok 24 seven. So, Judging yourself is a means of trying to correct the things you thought were gonna kill you in the past. Because mm-hmm. in the past, if you decided not to go out and hunt, you're gonna reminisce a lot about that because not hunting meant no food, no calories means famine eventually. Hello so FOMO. Hello FOMO. Yeah. So <laughs> internal judgment is a survival mechanism. So it it takes mm-hmm. a very or excuse me, it takes a much deeper level of awareness to know that survival we're very good at now. So if you can bring the level of thinking up to being objective, which is super hard. Yeah. And it's not something you can just go out and say, okay, I'm going to start thinking more objectively. You have to train it. Yeah. You have to train to think about your life more objectively, but not completely objectively because then you're removing joy and pleasure and even some, what's the opposite of joy? Distaste or unhappy? not even unhappiness, but yeah. struggle.
0: Disappointment. Disappointment,
1: yeah. Th- those are still valuable lessons to go through because it teaches you how to evolve and move forward. But I think the reason we do that is because it's a survival mechanism.
0: I love that. I actually don't think that I've heard that be brought up in that way, right? Like a survival mechanism. So it is very interesting to me to think about that uh, just, just in terms of the the mechanistic point of it it's got a reason it's got a point but thinking about okay so going back to like thinking about what you're thinking is it does help to have that objective side the other thing that i'll say though is like how this helps with the overall fatigue that comes with decision making sometimes you need a coach or somebody in your life or you do just need to spend enough time with self-development which again might be led by a coach or you know, counselor or leader or wh- whomever, y- you, need, you need to be able to step away and look at why you're doing those things or mm. why you're thinking that way, mm. and then just reroute them in the way that provides the most ultimately like subjective pleasure. Because we have talked about it before where, you know, happiness is not the absence of struggle, but it's the struggles that you invite. And so, mm. if you're like, mm. let's think about it. Let's think about it this way: if you do what I said before, decide on who you want to be before you have to decide on what you want to do. It just removes so much of the like fluff of the decision of like who's going to think what about my decision and how is that going to feel and how, you know how is this going to impact this and you just mm. get so caught up in this sort of like matrix of what's going to happen mm. instead of just being like i'm going to do this and it's going to be just for me mm. I think we just think it's like too selfish to think about our thoughts yes like like to isolate and to create silence just so that we can have that space yes I, w- may- I would th- i would argue, i would think that most people just feel ultimately feel um one uncomfortable with the science or two guilty that they're spending time with themselves
1: yes and that's that's funny Right? It's...
0: Like we have retail therapy, but we can't meditate for five minutes. Yeah, or even, you know, like,
1: you know, if you're a listener out there wondering how can I apply this, the next time you're at the grocery store or you're waiting in line to get on the plane, look around at how many people are on their phone. There, You will seldom see people just staring around and looking off into space. We've been trained to, moment of silence, pull out our phone. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time, this is three or four years ago, I'll never forget this. I went into a grocery store and I decided, I'm not even going to bring my phone. And when I'm in line, I'm just going to wait and observe. And I'm sitting there, I'm waiting in line, just taking in everything and the cashier makes a joke to the person in front of me and they were on their phone so they weren't really getting it. And I thought it was hilarious. So I start <laughs> laughing and then I get up and she starts checking out my groceries and then we have this really cool conversation about the things she just said and I yeah. just thought, wow, that was so powerful. Yeah. You know, we we pull out our phones because we think we're trying to engage with the world more. When it's Dude, the world's right in front of your face. Right. Just put the thing away. Yeah. And it'll come to you. I that think... so th- powerful.
0: I think that's a really good point is that there are so... So, like, we're talking about decision fatigue just in terms of, you know, food for the most part, right? And just, like, keeping it simple. So... Prepping your food, not worrying about like all the ingredients or yeah. all the recipes. But or whatever. it's always bigger than food. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, if you think about it, it's like th- you're making an unconscious decision to pull out your phone and open up Instagram yep. and then scroll. Like, those are all decisions that like you didn't know were weighing on you. Mm-hmm. You could have the best mm-hmm. day ever and you could scroll and be like, oh my God, I got a recipe. Yeah. I got my workout for later. I got. I got five mindset tips and I just feel on top of the world, but like then there's also the weight of every other thing that you didn't actually learn from your your scroll, Mm. right? And you carry that. It is insane what those little extra decisions can weigh. And then, now, now let's say you did that scroll, you got your recipe for later on, and you did your workout first, and now you're getting ready to go make your food. And then you start wondering, like, oh, I'm missing that one ingredient. I, I can't make this recipe. Uh, you know, like, I don't know why I thought that, you know, I should even try eating healthy. I just should just eat what I have here, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, because the next thing that you saw after the recipe was someone who's got a perfectly set up kitchen where they're always prepared. Mm-hmm. And so these things that you think, you're like, oh, I got these three really good things from social media, well, there's a hundred and thousand different things that maybe weighed in on your your mm-hmm. thoughts there. Mm-hmm. And that's a really hard place for us, us you, you Nick, and myself, because obviously we educate via social media. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. Man, I go back and forth with that. There are days where I'm... i Educate people on the ramifications of being on social media so much. Yeah. And then I have this this internal dialogue with myself of oh, I'm also trying to post and create content on social media, but then I'm telling people to not consume it as much. Yeah. So then if you really go a layer deeper, if I tell them to stop consuming it as much, they may not even see my content as much. Right. So then it's maybe that's the point. Maybe the point, I don't know if you're familiar with Gary V. Yeah. But Gary Vee. And he, I'm sure a lot of you out here have heard of him, and he's, you know, a lot of different things people like to say about him. But the one thing he said that stuck with me the most is, once you stop listening to me, you're good. And his goal with people is for them to stop listening to him, so they start doing. Gotcha. Yeah, that's huge. And then maybe, maybe that's what it is for you and I on social media, is it's yeah. maybe we're trying to get into people's faces that haven't
0: quite bought into what we do yet. Yeah. And then they get bought in, and they're good. So I'd say too, just to add, add a layer of context too, is if you're listening to this conversation right now, you're further along because you're on a, you're probably in your car or on a walk or yeah, just listening to this in a space where you're able to actually take in that information Yeah. singularly, yes. not, not via a scroll. Mindfully. So like, right. Yes. So you're definitely on like the back half towards that. And this is what I call the creation consumption balance. Right? Oh yeah. Or yeah, like I, the, yeah, yeah. What did I say? I don't know. Creation consumption balance, but it's like, you can only do one. You can only do one at a time. Yes. So like multitasking
1: you, doesn't exist. Right. Yeah.
0: So like in this example, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. The first hour of my day is a walk and a podcast right now. Right. Like that's kind of like my routine right now. And then after that, Especially because I'm in this like fasted space where I, my goal here was to just kind of like really pay attention to my habits, maybe where I'm procrastinating or anything like that. So after that hour walk, it's like I get to work for at least a solid hour where I'm not taking in any more information. Mm -hmm. I'm only creating. Yep. So that is, it is important because sometimes we need to go through stages of consumption like getting a degree or yeah. you know, finishing a certificate or doing yeah. training. But then we also do need to create. And ideally, that's from the thing that we just consumed. Right. Uh, but in general, just doing more is going to be... That's where the growth happens. That's
1: the highest level of knowledge, right? Is teaching of what you learned.
0: Right. Yeah. Appli- uh, or, or like the application, right? right. So the experience of the lesson. Yeah. So... This the The reason that it's important to talk about this in relative to decisions too is because we don't think we're making the decision to consume, mm. right? Mm. I mean, like whether it's scrolling on social media or you know grabbing food, we we think that's like, oh, this is the easiest thing for me to do. It's like the least amount of decision, but it is like an active decision to disregard. What's actually going to give you progress? Yes. In your health, your fitness, your performance in the gym, your gut—all—all all of the things that really are in your face every day. Yeah. Yes. It's kind of like the your
1: decision bandwidth. We'll just use a zero to one hundred scale. Is at yeah. seventy, yeah. and every time you pull out your phone, it just goes down five. Sure. Where instead, if you just sat there and just looked around the room it might go up five, right? So you're creating more bandwidth for the difficult decisions in life. Sure. And that's, you know, to fully wrap around what you said in the beginning, I think the whole reason to eliminate decision fatigue is to make the easy decisions, what to eat, what to wear, how to drive to work easy and make the really difficult decisions. What project am I going to start? Who am I going to marry? What company am I going to do? What,
0: goals do I have, if you can save bandwidth for those, that's what it's all about. So I'll, again, I love that and one thing that I say, I try to like, you notice this now as we're talking about, I try to like apply a really like quick mindset sort of organization to that and that is, as an example, is making the right decision, the easy decision. Yes. So I now like we have bandwidth for yeah. the deep things, which I love that right. you brought up. And kind of like adding depth to decisions. Yeah. So, um, because again, like we just scrolling is just such an accessible example. Is like that might only decrease your bandwidth by 0.5 every bit, but you do it so much yeah. that it's easy. Same thing with like one potato chip. Maybe that's again 0.5 band- bandwidth, yeah. like of negative balance or whatever you want to call it. But you just keep doing that because it's so easy to yeah. keep, you know, keep consuming that. Yeah. You just take away from your bandwidth, and then you're like, next thing you know, you're at, you're at negative fifty. Yes, right? and I also realize there's some people
1: out there, and there are people very close to me that are this way, where they look at scrolling on social media as their me time, mm-hmm. and they, they believe that it isn't taking away from their own bandwidth, sure. and I am inclined to believe them at that point so it's if you are someone who's thinking that that it's your me time as long as you truly feel it's congruent with you keep doing it but if you feel like you decisions are just so hard to make during the day then looking toward those little habits of scrolling of spending 30 minutes on the menu trying to decide what to have those are things where you can look to to create more bandwidth
0: if you're looking for more, if you're not looking for more, you're good. Yeah. If you're good, you're good. I think it goes back to th- the thing about what you're thinking, and one thing that I'll do in that situation and encourage other people to do is: Did you get what you wanted to out of that experience? Mm. See you. So scrolling. Yes. It's your. It's it's me time. Yeah. Right. Cool. What were you looking to gain out of that, and did you get it? I like that. Because and. and this goes back to the what's normal versus what's common and all mm. that sort of stuff, because I've said it too, but one thing that I'll do too is like I'm not going to, or I said, I'll, I'll look at the like the clock in the corner of my phone and I'll be like, all right, cool. Um, it's six fifty three. If it hits 7 PM and I'm still scrolling, I'm setting my phone down and I'm going for mm, a walk. Or, I do that
1: too. I put a timer on my phone before yeah, I go through scroll mode. Yeah.
0: Really simple. Yeah. Right. And it's like, cool, if I'm going to scroll, I'm going to just apply a little bit of boundaries here mm. because there's no way that beyond that seven minutes, something so profound hits me. Yeah. Because if it does, I'm going to get off my ass and do it yeah. before the seven minutes is up. Yes. So, like, just adding some some proactive boundaries to it and say, okay, if I'm going to scroll for me time, what's, what's the intent? Am I... Am I trying to laugh? Am I trying to relax? Am I trying to learn something? Mm-hmm. And then the the next thing would be like, "Okay, did you do that?" Yeah. So like for like Ali and I, I hate TikTok and I refuse to look at it. But she, she shows me funny videos, and we can spend the next ten to thirty minutes just laughing our ass off yeah. about videos, right. laying together on the couch. Yep. That's quality time. It is. Yeah. You know. And then the the third thing would be just creating a boundary to say like, okay. Do I really need more than this for the me time? Yeah. And that's the same thing with Netflix or any other sort of like mindless task. Yeah.
1: And I think that's mindless. Yeah. So you can mind, like you just said, you can mindfully be on social media and use it. Yeah. You can, but you can also mindlessly exercise. Right. Which probably isn't that great either. Right. And you can also mindlessly eat a paleo meal. Mm. And you can also mindfully have a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. I would argue the
0: latter is probably better than the former. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, always context is king. Yeah. You know? I think it's, it really, what it is is, and I haven't even read this book, but have you ever gotten this way with, like, self-help books or, like, self-development books where you're, like, you almost don't need to read every single little bit because the message is so potent? Yep. For me, that book... I think it's Gary Keller's the author, The One Thing. Oh, yeah. It's like, I'll read, I'll pick it up. I've been reading that book for like two and a half yeah, years. Yeah, it says basically the same thing every page. But it's oh, like, yeah. cool, do the one thing that's most important. Yep. And there's a billion examples. So anyway, one of, that, one of those for me is uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, mm. Stephen Covey, and one of them is Sharpen the Saw. Mm. And that is literally taking time. So like, okay, you're cutting down a tree, um, you're... Blade is starting to get dull, so your your chops are not being; they're not as effective. So you take time, sharpen it, get back to it, so you can actually make progress again. Mm. So that's what this is is like: spending time to think about who you want to be, sharpen the saw, sharpen the the values that you are you have, so that you can get more out of life. Mm. You can mindfully eat a piece of cake, get a, a visceral experience, a memory. Uh, a conversation an encounter with someone you can leave your phone in the car and talk with the cashier and just just absorb more life yeah you know yeah and how do you do that
1: silence yeah Yeah.
0: seriously that's why and we've gone over it before if you if you haven't listened to the first episode definitely go back and listen to episode one where we talk about those, uh, silent times is, that's one of the things where I tell all my clients is like, it can be meditation, it can be journaling, or it can be just like sitting with your coffee in the morning and mm-hmm. smelling the roast, mm-hmm. but have time for silence. Yeah. And it's hard at first. It is. And It's not going to be easy. Yeah. Anything you want to add to the decision fatigue conversation, uh, just in terms of helping people, you know, decide who they want to be before what they want to do.
1: I think for the most part, we hit the high points I would maybe add maybe we can do a whole other episode on routines Mm -hmm. because a lot of what routines do is eliminate or make the right decisions easy
0: yeah I love that I love that because I remember you texting me the other day about routines yeah so this is definitely just stay tuned yeah this is probably gonna be the next yeah yeah (laughs) it'll be good because I love this we have we've we've often had conversation on this too just like completely outside of the context of the podcast right i i did not come prepared with a raw milk section oh. but i oh, i, I can love go, it i can go I'm, first yeah yeah. yeah yeah please i, I got it. mine okay. go for it
1: so this was this was gonna be my my milk version but there was a cool one that happened but i just want to tell this one because i thought it was so funny so in arizona it gets hot sometimes you know <laughs> It's going to be tank top season. From Saturday morning until Monday morning, I didn't wear a shirt with sleeves. Yes. <laughs> I felt like such a tool the yeah. entire time. I was here painting, laying around the house on Sunday, Monday morning working out. Tank top the entire time. Different, not the same tank top. But I, I do change clothes sometimes. <laughs> you know, But not too many because I don't want to eliminate decision fatigue. I going to admit it. But then there was a cooler one that happened just this morning. A PR in my front squat.
0: Hell yeah, dude! Twice. Nice. That was fun. It feels good. because like does. Front squats are just so so gnarly. I love them. Like, Heavy. Yes. Yeah.
1: But it's weird because when you're doing Olympic lifting programming, you care less about that PR. And I, if I could hit a fifteen pound snatch PR, I I wouldn't care if my front squat went down by fifty pounds. Right.
0: You know what I mean? It's, it's all a like means the, to an end. Yeah, it is. Right. I think maybe that doesn't really apply, but like. The whole goal of a higher front squat is so literally just more. to clean more. Yeah, yeah. Like, so if my front squat went up hundred pounds and my clean never moved, I
1: wouldn't be satisfied at all. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, but it was still cool to be like, oh, that's cool. You know, like, so strength progression is happening somewhere. Sure. That's the raw portion or that's the milk portion and the raw portion for this week. So Monday morning I typically work out of my house. So I, I don't do as much explosive dynamic stuff overhead. So I like to end that with a pure meditation. Okay. So yesterday morning, I'm getting ready to lay down on the grass to meditate, and there's a wasp or a bee or a yellow jacket that's right next to me. So I kind of I back up a couple feet because I'm going, you know, I don't want him to get any you know, weird yeah. stuff going on here. So I lay down and meditate for a couple minutes, and then I get back up, and he's right, I say he, I don't know if it's a, what gender it is, and it's right next to me. Yeah. Hasn't moved. Yeah. And it's just sitting there. And I'm thinking, was that sitting, was that sitting next to me? The whole time yeah and if I had known that it was there I've been terrified yeah but I was just sitting in meditation mm.
0: got up and it was just like that's crazy yeah what did you do after did you like up. did you like scurry away or no no like not even I just,
1: I just got up and just saw him and I was just like all right and then he just <laughs> he just flew away again I say he I don't know what gender it is but yeah. I thought that was that was so cool yeah Huh.
0: see if you had headphones in, never wouldn't you? You'd have just been. You wouldn't have even heard it. In the wouldn't first have even place, probably. noticed it. Yeah. yeah. If I was on my phone the whole time, wouldn't even notice it. Yeah, you wouldn't have been mindful of the of its presence at all. Right. That. Yeah, that's really interesting. Cool. Well, I will say that. Also, like my kind of like hippie ish side of this was definitely. It's so funny because as soon as you started talking, I was like, "I right, cool, got mine." Mine was so I I hired a new coach. To help me out with my Achilles, I'm working with Active Life RX. Mark, shout out, you rock, dude. Mm. Um, I'm just starting, but I, I had to take a deload week, which kinda sucks because I'm like, I already was like deloading yeah. to like start the recovery process of my Achilles. Yeah, Again, it's mostly fine, but now I'm at the point where it's like I just need more confidence and certainty in performance versus I need to go from hurt to neutral. Does that make sense? Yep. Now I need to go from neutral to confident positive. So, anyway, um, I had to do a deload week, but now I'm just going to make the most of it. So, it's, like, a lot of body weight stuff, uh, recovery, and so I'm, like, so even my workout today is going to include, like, a 20-meter low crawl, like, a low low bear crawl, I should say, Uh, and I'm just, like, minimal, like... No, no feet. Or no, no feet. Um, no shoes. No shirt. Yeah. Like I got my hat on just so I can actually see where I'm going. Don't have to just warm Just shorts. Up. Yeah. Like just go out there exactly. So I did that last week already, and then like this week I'll continue. But just like a completely like minimal clothing, like barefoot workout. Yeah. At, in like the middle of my apartment complex, there's like the pool, and then there's like a yard like right. outside of it. Yeah. So did that in there. That was definitely more of the like you know, the, the hippie-ish side of things. And then, you know, getting into, like, the bro, like, meat, head, milk side of things was, <laughs> immediate, I'll have uh, two examples, but immediately after that, I put my shirt on, went into the uh, the apartment gym, and I put my shirt on, and I just did, like, buys and tries. <laughs> I was like, it's a recovery week, but I can still get a little bit of yeah, a pump because I'm going to go sit by the pool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that never doesn't matter where
0: you are on your fitness journey. Doing an arm pump just never gets hurt. Yeah. So Perfect. I was like, plus I'm like, I, I have to do push-ups. Like, I just, I have to stay on top of them. It's a value thing. It's a military thing. Yeah, it's like, uh, yep. I just, I'm going to do them yeah. every single day. Yeah. So, um, so I included that. I would say the second kind of like bro side of mine was just being in a mini cut. And so like, you know, just getting back to some more bro foods. Super yeah. simple. Yeah. Three or four ingredients. Yeah. My dinner tonight is just oats and Greek yogurt and protein powder because I have like ten minutes to eat it. Yeah, you know. So I was like, I just gotta prepare it ahead of time. Yeah. So that's today's raw milk. I like it. So decide who you want to be before you gotta decide what you want to do. Yep. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put it put it out there for decisions. And yeah, thanks for joining us today. Hopefully, this helps you with removing some of that fatigue from decision making and also understanding why you're making those decisions or the weight of them. And we'll get into routine and structure and those kind of things soon, probably the next episode. Yeah. I'm Coach Joe Mike Paul. Dr. Nick Belden, DC. Go find us on uh, Instagram, find us on YouTube, like the show, comment, subscribe on anywhere you see it posted. We love interacting with you guys and, and hearing your questions and everything like that. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.